Hello. I've written some notes here. Hope I don't need them. I'm looking at you because I don't want just to speak at you. Because it's a bit weird, I find, just doing to people. I like a bit of a two-way thing. And that's what we do to our children a little bit too much, is that we, we you know, wash them, feed them, put them to bed, get them up again. And if we're not careful, we get stuck in this... That's on. Should we turn that off? Is that better? There we go. We get stuck into this doer and done-to dynamic. And if all we do, or most of what we do, is doing things to our children, getting them to do things, and they are done-to, then they get in that dynamic, and then you get locked into these coercive cycles when they want to be the doer, but no, you're the doer. just doesn't work. So I'm just trying to get a bit off you so I don't do too much to you. And I'm going to start now. That was just me warming up. I'm going to start now with a story about my dad. When I was about 11, 12, um, my parents were very sociable. They often had friends around the house. And one of these friends asked me, was I having a happy childhood? <laughs> Original question. And I thought about it, and I said, no, not particularly. <laughs> and my dad heard he was absolutely livid. He came rushing over. You have a very happy childhood! <laughs> Ridiculous child. And... I adored my father, and so I felt like I got something wrong, and I'm not sure what wrong again. And what my dad missed then was instead of telling me off and trying to scold me into happiness, what, what he, we love our children, we can't bear them being unhappy. No wonder he did that. Uh, what, he, what he missed, though, was a moment he could have connected with me. You know, after people had gone... He could have, you know, asked me what my experience was and asked me about my life to find out more about this not particularly happy feeling. But, of course, to him, my life did look idyllic. He'd lived through the war. He'd seen people killed. And here was this child who was probably cross about having to go to school or something. And so I can see it from his point of view, but... That's what we're really good at, is seeing things from the adult's point of view. And what we need to do is have more moments of connection with our children by seeing things from their point of view. I'm a psychotherapist, which means that I spend a lot of time listening to how people feel, what people have experienced, how, how they're feeling, and then I quite often validate those feelings. And then people often feel better when they've had their feelings validated. And I thought, isn't it a shame that their well-meaning parents didn't do this for them? Because so often, like my dad, they don't want to hear when their children are unhappy. They, they want to go, oh, but we're going to the zoo next week rather than, 
yeah, you are fed up, aren't you? So we quite often miss these moments that we could connect with our children. It's not that we have to fix them. It's just that it's really nice to be alongside them while they're going through feelings. And we can learn to be alongside them when they're having difficult feelings if we know how to contain our own. There's all full instructions for how to do that in the book. <laughs> now, we sort of know what children need. They need your physical presence. For the first 12 to 18 months, they need you to be a sort of external womb. They need your kindness. They need understanding. They need you as a benign human mirror. We sort of know this stuff. And yet we find it so difficult to do. And why is that? Well, one of the reasons is, is that our past comes back to bite us a bit. I mean, how many times have you said, when, when it comes to relating to your children, I opened my mouth and my mother's words came out? Which is great if those words made us feel safe and wanted and liked as well as loved. But so often, they were words that did the opposite. So what's happening here? Quite often, when our children are a little bit unhappy, maybe whiny, maybe they want you a lot, we feel like pushing them away. We might even snap at them. And this is because they're bringing up feelings that we had when we were their age and we don't want to feel them. So we... It's not so much we want to push the children away, although that's what we do. We want to push them away because they're a trigger for our feelings. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I've got a friend called Tay, and she's got a six-year-old called Emily. And Emily was on the climbing frame, and she couldn't get down. She said, I can't get down, Mum! Mum! And... Tay just felt this anger rise up in her. She said, of course you can get down, don't be stupid. Anyway, the child was crying and managed to get herself down eventually. And uh, Tay wrote, wrote it all off and said, God, kids can be a pain sometimes. And then a week later, they're at another playground and there's another climbing frame. And this time she thinks, oh God, what happened last week? That was a bit weird. So instead of sitting on a bench and playing with her phone... She stands by the climbing frame and, and watches Emily play on it. And then Emily gets to the top again, and again, she doesn't like looking down, so she goes, help me down. And this time, um, Tay goes, put your hand there and, and your foot there, hold that rope, swing round, and you can manage it. And Emily managed it. And then Emily said, why didn't you help me last time? Now, most of us at this juncture say something like, because you can perfectly well get down by yourself, making you the good person and the child the bad person. But Tay just happens to be a senior psychotherapist who trains other psychotherapists. <laughs> so she stopped and had a little think, and she said, I was jealous of you, because when I was your age, my mum wouldn't let me go on climbing frames in case I fell off. And I ended up with no confidence, and I didn't want that to happen to you. And at the time, I thought I was cross with you, but I realise now I was cross with Granny, and I'm sorry. 
And Emily said, oh, I just thought you didn't care. Um, what Tay did then is something that we all need to do from time to time, and that's apologise to our children. No relationships run perfectly smoothly. Um, with, there's always misattunements and misunderstandings. And when those happen, we need to get back on track rather than just tell the child off for being wrong to make ourselves right. So like Tay did then, we need to go, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been angry at you, sorry. I call, we call that in uh, psychotherapy, rupture and repair. And it's a, quite a good R and R to remember when we are parents. We will misunderstand our children, we all make mistakes. It's not the mistakes that can matter so much as our owning our part in them and putting them right. Now, how are we doing for time? Nine minutes. You've, You've got six. Six minutes left. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you about Mark then. Uh, Mark uh, has a wife called Tony and a two-year-old boy um, called Toby. And uh, he came to see me because he was so very, very depressed because he'd lost all spontaneity in his life. His life was just revolving around the baby as far as he could see, and he just thought he could not take much more of it. Also, his wife was only interested in the baby and had lost interest in him, and he was ashamed of that, but he also found it really depressing. And um, this had only happened since Toby had turned two. Before that, you know, it wasn't a picnic, but he was sort of managing so I asked him, what happened to you when you were two? I said, nothing, nothing. My father left. I went, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> What we do, we tend to have the same feelings in us, and they can be awoken by our children. We've, got that, we've still got that two-year-old in us that didn't want to have their feelings then, and had horrible feelings then, but we put them in a box and we close them down, and our children threaten to remind us of them. And Mark was in denial for a bit. He said, no, it was fine, I didn't mind. You know, yeah, I saw him less and less. Yeah, we lost contact altogether in the end. No, 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 I had a great childhood. My mum was great, and she was. But he, after a while, just went mad with the cushion and beating it and he was furious with his father and he he was really unhappy and he cried and he screamed and he was mad at his dad for about 20 minutes and then he felt better and then he found that actually Toby was a delight so in order not to feel with Toby so he didn't feel those feelings. He sort of shut off from his son, and he was in danger of repeating what had been given to him. So it's really important to unpack the feelings our children bring up in us. Otherwise, we're in danger of replaying the same thing that might have happened to us, which, if it was great, isn't a problem. But if it was like Mark, it is a problem. And I'm happy to say they're all getting on famously now. And once Mark allowed himself to be interested in Toby again, Tony was free to think about other things, so it improved everything all the way around. 
Um, so that is the big danger when we're parents, is, is us being frightened of our own feelings so we close down or push away our children. Uh, and I talk a lot about that in the book. I also talk about how to put down boundaries, which you do. We, everybody needs boundaries. And it's very difficult because you want to be on equal, sort of loving, authentic terms with your children, and yet you need to put down boundaries. How do you do it? You do it by making I statements instead of you statements. And you do it by telling the truth. And that feels a bit odd because we're used to sort of soft, softening the truth a little bit. So we say, it's time to go home now. We've had enough time at the playground. But the real reason you want to go home is that you're tired and bored. <laughs> and it's okay to say to your kid, I'm tired and bored, so in five minutes we're going. <laughs> because you'll have a much better relationship with your kid when you're authentic. I experimented with this, and I was amazed how well my three-year-old daughter took it. She's 26 now, but she got used to me telling the truth. And it's a little bit like Josh. She, I actually said, I'm eating ginger biscuits. I actually said the truth. And I, I wrote a little article about this for Red magazine. And the editor said, oh, can you soften that a bit? I think that's a bit harsh. I went, no. And then she said, I've just realised something that I tell little lies to my daughter, like, it's time to go now, when actually I'm cold and bored. And I realised that she started to tell little lies to me, to make me feel better. It's all coming from a good place, but it's not the sort of relationship I want with my child. And the relationships we offer our children are the most precious things in their life. If they were plants, the relationship is the soil. So we want to make sure it's not toxic and that they can feed from it and gain from it. How many more minutes? No more minutes. Finished. Finished. Right. Also, one more thing. There's no way of not investing time. So invest it well at the beginning, positively, rather than trying to make amends for things afterwards, sort of negatively with lots of bad feeling. And remember, relationship, relationship, relationship. Don't, if there's something wrong you think with your child, don't look at the child so much as look at your relationship with the child, because that's where you'll find your answer. Thank you. Thank you.